The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and my nickname in high school was Six Sides of Steel. Just kidding, it was Curtain Jerker, but not for the reasons that you would think. Diggity. I am Troy. And with me, as always, as you just heard, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia, now a shirt you can buy on our Bonfire store, and the Kazarian to my super Eric. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? It's You guessed it, Kazarian. Oh, God. I forgot that's his new thing. <laughs> I haven't watched it forever. I don't know so. Impact or not, he's been on Impact, I believe, but it definitely wasn't in AW. Yeah. You guessed it. Thank you, Kazarian. Well, he can go to Impact. God, that he, sounds so terrible. Yeah, well, he, he had to go somewhere where he could actually get TV time and not with uh, sexy Chucky e. T. Got a promo but, last night, by the way, which, you know, I'm still like, wow, I was masterful. But Chuck, Chuck Taylor had a had a promo? Somewhat of one, yeah. God. Uh, I saw the Sting segment. I was thought it was uh was probably his weird. best thing he's ever done. It was it was funny but kind of weird. I'm like, what? So you're meaning to tell me he had this whole promo play? Like, if this was real, he had this promo planned out long enough in advance where he stuffed his jacket with pom poms. Like, I'm thinking about the practicality of that. Sting has always done goofy crap, and I've loved every everything I he's done. I feel like it was the first time I've ever seen him in a wrestling ring without tights on. Yeah, yeah. Normally he's wearing his. Uh, the exception being when he was in the main event mafia, of course. But I, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, normally he's wearing his wrestling uh, like suit, yeah, his, whatever. His, yeah, and then he's got a got a merch shirt over it. Right. Yeah, because if anybody his age should be ashamed and cover up their body, it's definitely Sting. <laughs> I never understood that. Everybody's like, "My God, he's like he's like pushing sixty or whatever." And it's like he's in phenomenal shape, but he wears a shirt because you know got to cover that up. <laughs> Damn it, pal. Show off the vascularity. God dang it, pal. What happened to your Starcade main event in can? You're too pale, damn it. Go home. <laughs> Either way, we are talking about... Un- well, we kind of brought up Impact Wrestling in a roundabout way just a moment ago. We're actually talking about them today. It is TNA. Back from a time when... And this hey, might they, actually they be a good watchable. one, folks. Right. Well, we're going back to a time when they were watchable. As opposed to now, when it's like, what the hell are you putting on my screen, man? And I'm not saying everything. There's some, you know, I, I guess there's some corn in that turd somewhere. But it's mostly turd. So One of those weeks where TJ blindly picked a good show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I've been wanting to cover this one for a little while. And I, I'll say, top to bottom, I didn't think this was like, oh my gosh, the entire show was a banger. But it had a good. Oh, that'd that. be 2005. Now in the archives. Yeah, that was that was pretty damn good. Except for the opening match, uh, that one was just. If first it wasn't of all, top to bottom. Yeah, well, the opening match of that one was more like. First, we were like, "Why is this on the show?" And then after the what happened from that, we were like, "Why was this on the show?" <sighs> but either way, uh, we will have a lot to talk about in the show today, and we do have a decent amount of news that we're going to get into, but. Uh, First, we're going to tell you about the sponsor of the podcast here. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. 
We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. golf look good, feel good, feel good, play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to get into our first break where we're going to tell you, I know I teased the Bonfire store uh, in the intro. You can check out our merchandise at our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. We'll tell you all about it in the break. And also our friends that have podcasts, you can go check out their shows. Uh, if you like hockey, if you like uh, fantasy sports, if you like football, other you know current day and classic pro wrestling, we got you covered. And uh, also head to our YouTube page and subscribe. Click that notification bell to be notified every single time we post brand new content, which is uh, quite frequently, be it on wrestling or you know other subjects we like to talk about. But we're going to get into our first break here. On the other end, it's news time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.com redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks by god somebody's interrupting the main event marks sit down jr it's just me kyle sullivan aka shaggy von doom your host of here in puckberg on the hockey podcast network i know a hockey show on the main event marks who would have thought this is an invasion angle Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. 
In the meantime, Shagamania's gotta go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event, Marks, and so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-Cups, and for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. It's news and notes time. So you know all what? This week, nothing to crack. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm drinking out of a glass. So uh, if something cracked there, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> but let's uh, let's hit the news. That is correct. Whoa! Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> if Alvarez uh, ever said shut the up up, Dave, I think Dave might like spank him on air. <laughs> you don't talk to daddy like that. Get over my knee. Get over my knee now. It's like, it's like the, I, I just saw this meme of like uh, Sting and Ric Flair going nose to nose and whatever. It's like when your dad stands up to you, it's like, I can still take you. Oh yeah. That's that no context flare meme thing. Yeah. I follow that too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But first story, I've only got one TNA story here and it's regarding somebody in the main event. So Samoa Joe's TNA contract has been the subject of discussion for several months. Joe recently took part in a media conference call and said that his TNA contract was expiring soon. This was apparently intended to play into the storyline that Joe was unhappy with his TNA deal. In reality, Joe is signed to a long-term deal that uh, and will be with TNA for at least the next year. However, yeah, uh, PWI, uh, PW Insider reports that an issue did arise recently surrounding the ownership and usage rights of the Samoa Joe name and character. Joe owns the name and character. However, TNA wanted to have exclusive rights to license the name in the future. This would prevent Joe from going to another company as Samoa Joe. Uh, this issue has come up with the company before, with Loki, who changed his name to Senshi in TNA, and Amazing Kong. Who oh, that's why. Awesome. I, yeah, I thought it was something else. Um, because he's also, uh, Talia Madison and whatever Angelina loves and he wants to begin with. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Angel Williams and Talia Madison. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to say that's like TNA was finally getting into, well, we need to merchandise these names mode. And they were which, finally getting into having a brain mode. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, makes sense. Uh, low key. I know had given a speech, like when he was leaving ring of honor, he's like, well, um, Low-key is my Ring of Honor name, and I'm, I'm not going to use it anywhere else but here because, you know, some BS reason. 
And then he le- he goes, does the senshi thing, comes back, and then goes literally everywhere else, including back to Impact Wrestling as low-key. So, yeah. Remember when he came back there for a bit where, like, he was uh, cosplaying as uh, the Hitman? Yeah. <laughs> that was something. But uh, anyway, they also did it with Amazing Kong, who is now Awesome Kong in TNA. Uh, this dispute went on for several weeks, but was then resolved, and Joe retained the licensing rights to his name and character. And uh, he obviously still owns those to, to this day, because he goes everywhere as Samoa Joe. Good for him. Uh, you know, he, him like, just, just like uh, CM Punk. Like they bought their names and uh, merchandising rights and all that. That I feel like that used to be a thing like way back when. You just kind of owned your name and your gimmick and your likeness and whatever. And then WWF decided, no, we're going to change you and we're going to market you like in WWE and then uh, or WWF at the time. And now it's kind of going back to that because like uh, Santino Morella bought his name. Uh, William Regal, I think, owns William Regal. And uh, was it Matt Cardona bought Zack Ryder, didn't he? He tried. He gave up on it because they were going to fight back and he said he couldn't beat their lawyers. Oh, really? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> they were fighting back on buying Zack Ryder. No, they were fighting him on buying it, not buying. Yeah, it. I guess right. so. But huh? Well, I, he's, I admire you know, somebody that knows not to take on like that lawyer. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I like I think he's well well known enough at this point as Matt Cardona. Well, when I heard his plan, I'm like, glad he lost. He didn't get it or lost, whatever you want to say, because he was going to have a cinematic match with him versus himself. Uh, that was his yeah. ultimate plan. Why does he like terrible things? Like Ethan Page is a good friend of his. So uh, apparently, that started as an as a joke, and Impact Evan ran with it. <laughs> so, yeah, I supposedly Ethan page was just like effing around about it. And they're and impacts like, Oh, that's great. We're going to do it. And he's like, I, like, we don't have to. They're like, no, 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 it's great. We're going to book it. So, I think that yeah. was money. Right. But yeah. Zack Ryder likes that. Like want to do that crap. He loves GCW. Apparently now he's doing death matches and stuff. So yeah, he likes the yeah. Garbage stuff. he's teaming up with that, uh, that chick that got fired from NXT, not, you know, a year or two ago. Yeah. Can't Except remember what the her name is. Yeah. Which I, I don't know. I never, I haven't seen enough of her matches to gauge. But I'm going to assume if she didn't stick around, she was there. All pun that intended good. in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just, uh, I'm assuming she wasn't all that great. But I don't know. I could be wrong. They cut her. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, man. He, he's also a big proponent of PBR. So he, you and I kind of discussed. Like, obviously, you're not a drinker, but it's like, that's like the. Like the lowest end, like ah, I found money in my couch. I can go buy a six pack kind of beer. I just, I just love how he goes. Oh, I got back from a show. And I couldn't wait to get home and drink PBR. Like you're, you're freaking lying. There's no way in hell you mean that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude, either you're a. Like, he said this when he came back from Australia. I'm pretty sure Australia is known for good beer. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> like either you're a broke frat boy or a. Like down south, like truck driving white dude grilling out out on his back deck on a Sunday or something. Like that's the those are the only two people who really enjoy PBR. <sighs> and he is white. Yeah. 
But it's like, you're from Long Island, man. You should be, like, with the way he looks and acts, I, I'd figure that he'd have white claws flowing. But, no. His wife's from Canada. She probably drinks better Molson than he does beer. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, yeah, being from Canada, she probably likes to chew her beer. Right. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Stephanie McMahon Levesque has become less and less involved in the uh, day-to-day creative team meetings for WWE as she has in the past. ProWrestling.net reports that she now relies more on lead writers Brian Gerwitz and Michael Hayes more than she has in the past. She is said to be getting more involved in other areas of the company, but is spending more time with her daughter and getting ready for her second child who is on the way. There is said to be a lot of frustration in creative due to the increased workload. The frustration isn't necessarily directed at Stephanie, but the workload is starting to get to people. Yeah, bro, I sure. told you this, bro. Yeah, right. Bro, why do you think I left, bro? You know, to go book the same amount of wrestling in another company, bro. They'll let me do whatever. They'll let me do whatever I want, bro. Yeah, right, bro. I can have boobs on every show. <laughs> I thought Sable was something. We have a girl named Major Guns over here, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it isn't because she's small, if you get my drift, bro. <laughs> it's, it's not because she likes the Second Amendment, if you know what I mean, bro. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Bruce Pritchard talked about this. 2008 was, uh, I guess she had her second child around this time, and he said, yeah, she took uh, time off, and... Uh, he said that was part of the reason why uh, he had issues because, and and some other people did too, because she would take time off to go, uh, basically on maternity leave, and they would get used to doing things without her with a different report and whatever, and then she would come back, and they would have to get used to her and her way all over again, and it would cause issues. So, I don't know. This was also the year that Bruce Pritchard got fired for having a a gun. Speaking of guns, a gun in the uh the arena <laughs> and apparently he was not supposed to or no it was uh i think it was the office yeah he had he pulled out a gun in his office allegedly you know like pointed at anybody or anything but he wasn't supposed to have a gun in the office for some reason he had one like chilling in his desk and decided to whip it out one day where's he from uh houston oh well, there you go yeah right Oh, what do you mean down, down in houston we got one in every drawer and i got <laughs> i got a couple in the car Got a few under my bed. I will never forget going to a mall in Texas and it's saying, uh, please do not display or open carry or something like that. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Texas as a state is open carry. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. It but, said do not display or open carry, so it must be, and they don't want it in their mall. That's all that's how I took it. Right. Yeah. I yeah, there are businesses like certain movie theaters will tell you it's like uh, you know. Even if, like, some movie theaters are more lax about it, where they're like, you can have your gun, just, you know, make sure it's concealed. Others are like, no guns, period, leave them in the car, whatever the F. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just know this was uh, this was a weird time in WWE. Bruce Pritchard uh, got fired for a while. What was it they actually brought him back? Was it 20... I want to say, like, 2015. Okay. He was gone that for was, a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the longest he'd been gone. Because uh, the first time, it was like, what, a year? Two years, maybe? If that, yeah. Yeah, So, and he said uh, Vince always joked with him, because he, uh, he'd be like, oh, you know, when I was fired, and he's like, you were on hiatus, pal, damn it. 
Like, uh, pretty sure when you're on hiatus, you don't get a pink slip, but all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, PW Insider is reporting that Joey Styles will no longer be doing commentary for ECW television shows. Oh, no. Oh, what a replacement they get, by the way. Huh? You remember who it is? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm getting to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he is now going to be a part of WWE.com in some sort of way. Yeah, I think, didn't he become... Like for he lack did of a better term, stuff. So I think he put together the DVDs and stuff. Yeah, for lack of a better term, I think he became their Don West because I know he was in charge of like merchandising there for a while. Uh, and people kept making that joke. They're like, "Oh, Joey Styles is going to be the WWE's uh, Don West," basically, even though he didn't like he wasn't in commercials and stuff. But I I think he did some merchandising in ECW, which is why that he had like a background in it. So oh, that's according, why to, according to Bully Ray, a lot of people did. Merchandising there. <laughs> yeah. Stevie Ray. And out, of Paul Heyman, too. out of Paul Heyman's mom's basement in Brooklyn. <laughs> that's not a joke, folks. Nope. Hey, that's where they filmed a lot of promos. Can you imagine, like, they're in the middle of, like, Rhino's cutting a promo, dropping F-bombs, and the door opens. His mom is like, do you and your friends want some meatloaf? <laughs> like, Bob, we're filming promos, you stupid creature. I, I think of, I think of <laughs> Howard on... Uh, on Big Bang with his mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Do you and your friends want some Fruit Loops? No, we don't want Fruit Loops. Right. You, you want a popsicle? Yes, yeah. grapes. Uh, we don't have any more grapes. <laughs> Cherry's fine. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Styles will now be, or will not be headed to SmackDown. And Mike Adamley will now be announcing ECW with Taz. That was probably the greatest hire in history. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, I, I, I try not to bash on Adam Lee too much because he, I guess, Why? has... Well, I guess he has some brain issues from his football days, so I don't yeah, know I if know that. I, I don't know if that's the entire excuse. I know that that came well, out after a while. I don't think we're being that bad on Gladiators. Yeah. Uh, well... Gladiators was pre-taped, so <laughs> That's true. Uh, maybe they were this, like, dude, that suck, do it again. Yeah, right. But maybe that's why they relegated him to ECW. But he had flubs on ECW, and that was pre-taped. Like Jeff Harvey, Hardy. Like, oh, man. SummerSlam, uh, was that him that called the SummerFest? I think it was him. No, that was Jeremy Piven. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's another one. Yeah, the, the, this was around that era. They were bringing in the uh, the guest hosts every damn week. It's like, ah, that was awful. I actually so, like Jerry Piven, too. That's <laughs> But I guess in November, Styles signed a five-year deal with the company and was moved to Raw until he, quote, quit during an angle around seven months later. That was so awkward. Like, you remember that whole thing? He's just like, well, I yeah. quit. And he just, like, walks out. There was never no reason for it. I think he just snapped. Right. Like, I can't take it anymore. There's not enough blood and strippers out around here. I just, I gotta go. And I'm used to working alone. Yeah, right. Look, I'm used to calling matches between two drunk guys making each other bleed all by <laughs> myself. <laughs> <sighs> but uh, speaking of ECW talent here. Oh, and, God. Yeah. Well... Big Daddy V was sent home because WWE officials were concerned about his health and wanted him to drop some weight. The latest word is that Big Daddy V won't be able to return to the ring until he loses 50 pounds. Has this ever gone their way? No. <laughs> and, and that's well, another thing. 
I feel like Big Show did, but he did it on his own accord when he was off. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Well, I heard like you know, looking really good, but remember when they sent him down to OVW for a while because they said he got too big? Yeah, yeah, it didn't I work mean, then he, either, right? He did lose a little bit of weight. Like he he got like just under that bar they set for him, and then he gained it all back. Because I remember right before he left for it was at least a year or two. Remember he was gone for a while. Um. And I don't think he's, he's gone got, for a year. He comes back in 2001, and he's, he's, he's mid-2000, so... I'm talking, uh, like, way after that, like, because he did, like, the Hulkamania tour in Australia and some other stuff, but... Uh, yeah, that's was, when he was just uh, gone from the company. I don't think they sent him right. No, yeah, but, but what I was getting at was, like, he was huge at that time. Yeah. Like, and I'm not talking, like, obviously he's a big man, but, I mean, like, he got very fat, like, bigger than I'd ever seen him, and I was, like... What happened? Like, not that he was ever like, well, I guess when he was the giant, the giant, like he was kind of spelled there. He looked really good then. Yeah. Yeah. But at this point I was like, man, like just, uh, he, he, he kind of let himself go there for a while. And then he went the complete opposite direction. And now he's got a six pack and everything. It's like, okay, <laughs> good for you, man. But yeah, uh, can't pay the crap ton of money to call a show on YouTube. No one watches. You got to admire the is business savvy. Yeah, right. Hey, that's a baller move, man. I respect the hustle. <laughs> but my question about Big Daddy V is like, obviously he was like morbidly obese and this was the right call. But why now? He had been this big since he was Mabel. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm not trying to poke fun. I'm not laughing, but did you, do you remember like all of a sudden like, yeah, you know what we're going to do? You're going to wrestle with your shirt off. Is yeah. Like a punishment? Oh, well, yeah, well, you're going to come out shirtless with, like, suspenders covering, like, a fraction of your boob, like your Lil' Kim or something. Like, holy hell. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Like, why? I remember the first time he walked out, my dad was like, ah. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to see that. Like, I thought yeah. he wore a shirt. Not even joking. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't get it, man. He wore, like, a full bodysuit his whole career. And now here they're like, nope, shirtless. Show them boobs. I'm wondering now, after you said that, I'm wondering if it's a punishment. Might be. I will I will say, I thought his theme song was kind of cool. It was like intimidating. And they treated him like an intimidating, imposing monster or whatever. It was, it was cool for like a minute. But yeah, he was morbidly obese. He ended up going to uh, Japan for a little bit. I think he called himself Big Daddy Voodoo or something. Ah, uh, so yeah, I don't know. And then obviously he passed away young from, you know, I think heart issues, which yeah, when you're that big, you're going to have heart issues, man. I mean, like maybe you should have taken the uh, WWE advice and dropped some poundage, but. No, they don't know anything like F Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Uh, F rehab and F you. <laughs> but speaking of people that WWE sent home, Hey, uh, w- on March 11th, WWE announced that Jeff Hardy had violated the company's wellness policy for the second wow. time. and he That was ser- not rehearsed, folks. Right. And he will be serving a 60-day suspension. It appears that Hardy will be making his return to action at a house show in New Mexico on June 20th. Uh, something weird about that when, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy is coming back from a wellness policy violation in the state where uh, Breaking Bad was taking place. Holy crap, you said that. I- I'm-, I'm not saying... <laughs> Anything about I just you know it's a little ironic. Just saying. 
man. I don't get like how many times every single time he has left WWE. It's because of substance abuse. He's never left on his own accord because they ah, they keep bringing him back too. I got to point out. Yep. Uh, I f- I feel like you the thought only Daniel time- Garcia had some pictures on somebody, huh? Yeah, right. That just co- goes to show that uh, if Vince McMahon thinks you're worth something, he's very forgiving. So, no, he's evil. <sighs> I don't know. That's sad. But, and like you pointed out, he's fin- finally back in AEW. Well, <sighs> I, I I'm not even keeps the nose clean this time. I'm not even going to say that anymore because every single time I say that he doesn't, I thought after that incident in TNA where he was, uh, tripped out on pills and at the, was it victory road 2011? Yeah. Yeah. When, after all that, I thought he finally cleaned it up for good and he was good for a while and he goes back to WWE and gets popped again. Like, dang, first it was DUIs. Then it was, Apparently, uh, some harder well, he's stuff. Got, he's got a kid too. That's the sad part, or maybe multiple. Huh? Yeah, he's at least got one. He's got a wife, and they're sticking by him through all this. Which I mean, good, but at the same time, it's like, man, get yourself some help, man. If not for you, at least for your family. I don't know what the heck he needs, but uh, we're, in, yeah. we're in a day and age where Jake Roberts is clinging to him. I'm not right? trying to be funny, but I mean, I guess it is a little ironic. But uh, it's definitely ironic, that's for sure. But Either way, WWE has signed Joe Hennig, son of WWE Hall of Famer Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig and grandson of Larry the Axe Hennig to a developmental contract. Yeah, that goes. Yeah, well, the chains are about to be off, Greg. <laughs> Axel is like about to run people, wild. I always like it when people act like, oh, just because they had a famous dad or something, they should be signed and they should be pushed. Yeah. Settle down. I, mean. I thought he was a decent wrestler. But he wasn't like he didn't have that it factor. Uh, the fact that the, I will say, like, man, you want to saddle a dude right off the bat, though. They call him freaking. Uh, was it something McGillicuddy? Michael McGillicuddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's already a mountain you got to climb, man. <laughs> it's just God. But I, I, I will say I thought it was funny that his finisher was called the McGillicutter. <laughs> That's so lame. A wheel of names, dude. Yeah, right. Uh, Axel, hell was it? Or Curtis Axel? That was that was okay. But you remember, like, that was a layup, is what it was. Yeah. But what was funny was you see they like they had to change their mind on it like the day of the show because his Chiron said or uh, the the Minitron whatever said Kurt Axel. And they're like, no, 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 that's too on the nose. Let's go with Curtis. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't spell it with a K. <laughs> yeah, right. No, 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 we're gonna change it up just slightly. It can't, it can't be Kurt. It's uh, what's one of the most unappealing male names of all time? I got it. Let's go with Curtis. Because you know, when I th- I hear that name, I think big tough guy, not you know your accountant. <laughs> Holy crap! You said that. WWE has banned photographers from ringside at television tapings. The company feels that they are showing up too prominently on HD uh, broadcasts, so they will now have to shoot from the area where WWE sets up their stationary TV cameras. Photographers will still be allowed at ringside for house shows. 
I have no problem with this. I like they, they were always getting in the way. Like you remember those days? I do. That's like constant flash. SummerSlam '98, I think, was the worst. Yeah, and maybe WrestleMania '14. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. It was uh, where they kept getting in the way of Shawn Michaels. Was it? Oh, it was WrestleMania 11. They kept getting in the damn way. Because they were all there for LT. Yeah, weren't they getting, like, uh, bumped by people? Where, not like, you know, wrestling bump, like, like bumping into them on the outside. They were always, you know. Yeah, I think so. And they were constantly getting in the way. I think Shawn Michaels, like, went off on one of them because he wouldn't get the F out of his way. And he kept having to shove them. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous, man. But, yeah, and the constant flash bulbs. If, and if you don't know what a flash bulb is, Google well, people it. listen, just don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that flash that your phone does. You know, does. it's the flash that your phone does. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it used to be an actual bulb, and, you, and it was, like, installed in, in, uh, in a camera. And uh, some of them, you know, the bulb would go out, and you'd have to go buy a new one and screw it in and whatever. But, you know. Screw it in. <sighs> Some places still sell disposable cameras. Like, I, I'm kind of surprised Some by that. Some people still pay to get film developed. <laughs> yeah, right. But the word around backstage at Raw from London, England, is that WWE is bringing back the King of the Ring tournament. Next week's three-hour live Raw, oh, remember when that was a special thing, yep. <laughs> will be built around a one-night King of the Ring tournament. From what we understand, the whole tournament will take place on Raw. It looks to be an eight-man, three-round tournament. Do you remember who wins? Isn't it Regal? Yeah. And then he violates the wellness policy. (laughs) Right. Uh, Booker was before this, wasn't he? In Uh, yeah, four, five, six, six. Was it six? Okay. Yeah, they took a year off, brought it back, gave it to Regal, which was funny because Regal was on uh, King Booker's court. And now he is the king. So, yeah, if there's one guy in that whole company that I feel like the king of the ring worked for, it's definitely Regal. Like, it was perfect for him. Everybody else, like, it's like, ah, it feels kind of forced. Ah, you're cosplaying as a king, whatever. But Regal, I feel like it just, it fit perfect. A British king? That's kind of lazy. Yeah. And then the word was, because he was uh, being pushed pretty well around this time. They were getting his uh, his knee trigger, like uh, or knee shiver, whatever, over, and uh, I don't know. Then, then yeah, like you said, he violated the wellness policy, and well, that was the end of that. You sent me that quote by uh, by Cornette talking about uh, where Brian last said that. Uh, well, about a month ago, yeah. the Ricky Starks was the <laughs> the top baby face in the company, and, and uh, Cornette was like, "Well, they effing fixed that." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That one really got me, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the quote from Office Space where he's like, we uh, fixed the glitch. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we fixed the glitch. It's like, man, right. that, that, worked, that meme worked so well. Yeah, it's like, wait, you're not supposed to get over? What the hell? I'm going to crush you like a bug. Got to get people like Daniel Garcia over. Because, you know, he's worth something and he'll be a future star. Man. The pictures he's got. Oh, worth a damn man. Man, can you see on the on the marquee of All In or whatever the hell it's gonna you know Daniel Garcia versus whoever the world champion is? Man, that you know that'll sell tickets in the 
fives. You want you want a hundred thousand people in uh, Wembley. Yeah, Daniel F. and Garcia, man. <laughs> Get him and Nakazawa on the card, and you're just selling that place <laughs> out today. <laughs> Asses um, in seats, man. Ah, well, I haven't I haven't used this one in a while, so shut up and take my money. There you go. I said. Yeah, right. Uh, but speaking of that show in England, John Cena did not make the trip with WWE overseas because he's currently filming 12 rounds in New Orleans, Louisiana. Yeah, he should have took, took the trip and have some movie. Yeah. Uh, I Did you not like 12 rounds? I did not. I actually liked that one. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, that one in the Marine, I, I, I liked. They're both, I did like you know, the Marine. I mean, they're both kind of corny action films, whatever, but I don't know. I thought they, they, they were decent. I, I don't watch... Um, I feel like the only WWE film movie I ever liked was uh, The Condemned. Dude, that one, I saw that one in theaters. That was awesome. Uh, Cena usually has Mondays off for filming so that he can work raw. However, uh, it was a different situation because WWE is out of the country. Uh, speaking of movies, though, I completely forgot this existed, but... The Rock's next two films, Escape from Witch Mountain, will be released on March of 2009, while Get Smart will come out in June. i never seen Witch Mountain, but I saw Get Smart. Uh, I saw them both. Escape from Witch Mountain, uh, let's just say there's a reason I forgot it existed. <laughs> I mean, it didn't, it didn't suck, and it produced one of the most overused memes of all time. Uh, you ever see that one where he's driving and the little blonde girl is in the back seat and says something and he turns around and gives her a shocked look? Uh, yeah, that's, I just I never knew where it was from. Yeah, it's it's from Escape from Witch Mountain. Okay. Um, but there you go. That's the only thing. That's the only thing that movie ever produced that was worth a damn. Uh, but it was based on an old. Feel a little liberal with worth a damn, what you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say it was a remake of uh, of an old Disney movie. Uh, looking it up right now. Escape or Escape to Witch Mountain. I'm sorry, not from. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it was. It's an old Disney film way back in the day. So that the uh, uh, 75. It's done quite a few Disney films. Right. Yeah, this one. Yeah, because they back it back in was the was Moana 70s, a, a Pixar movie? What was it? Was Moana a Pixar movie? I think it was technically Disney. I don't think they categorized it as Pixar, but it had that same, like, you know, computer-generated... Yeah. Uh, it's that, all under the Disney umbrella. That, was that last one you did? Was it based on the ride? Uh, oh, uh, Jungle Cruise. Yeah. By the way, I'm wrong all the way around. This was There was a movie, Escape to Witch Mountain. It came out in 75, uh, and, and then they made a remake in 95, and then this was Race to Witch Mountain. But whatever. It's all the same, whatever... The little kids are aliens. The Rock is like trying to help them out, and whatever. That's the only part of the plot I freaking remember. Like they had, I'm to, glad had you to help them. that because actually, yeah, yeah well, actually, uh, yeah, it's Race to Witch Mountain. They had to get, uh, he had to get the little alien kids to their spaceship on Witch Mountain, and the government's trying to stop them. So whatever. Get Smart was pretty good. I, I like that oh, one. When you break it down like that, it sounds like a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't memorable. Uh, but yeah, get, get Smart was pretty good. I like Steve Carell. Uh, What's that movie I loaded with people like stars? Yeah. Uh, I Well, hey, Great Khali was in Get Smart, wasn't he? 
I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he was, or he was like some like big big guy in uh, like I can't remember what Steve Steve Carell started like trying to disarm him by like asking him personal questions. And then he's, he asked him something about his mother-in-law and he started like crying. He great call. He's like, she's such a, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only part I remember, but uh, yeah, Steve Carell is great. If he's in it, I'll at least give it a chance. Even garbage like Evan almighty. I still watch it cause he was in it, <sighs> but Reports are circulating that wrestlers were upset that the with The Rock at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony because he left before Ric Flair's speech. Apparently, he rubbed some people the wrong way by doing a lot of comedy before really getting into the speech. I mean, it's The Rock. What do you expect? Like, uh, he's going to give a speech like Lance Storm? Like, good God. But The Rock had to leave to return to filming Race to Witch Mountain in Las Vegas the next morning. Oh, how dare you leave this ceremony early, which you remember the one we went to it seemed like the like more than half of the roster left before, like about halfway through the show. Yep. That's because why it I, did like, go on forever. Yeah, because uh, I remember when poor it kind of sucked because Goldberg got up there and was doing his thing. And he's like and he called out, I think, Roman Reigns, who had left like an hour before he got on stage. I'm like, oh, God, that's kind of sad. AJ had his his ass planted in that seat because he wasn't leaving for that. But no, because they were when they bonding over the football team. Yeah, oh yeah, he uh, he played for the Bulldogs. He played for the Falcons. So that was right up his damn alley, man. Yeah, and he mentioned them, and Styles was going crazy, clapping. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? And just in the style of his of his uh, favorite football team, Styles lost in the Superdome. So there's that. <laughs> Come oh, on, crap. I. I had well, to. It was right there. <laughs> I'm sure the Bulldogs lost the national title in Superdome at one point. Uh, that's insinuating that they got to the national title, but yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to piss off some Georgia listeners. I I have nothing against the Georgia teams, in all honesty. It's okay. Like, go blue. F that. Buckeye's going to take it all this year, man. Yeah, take another L. Hell no. We're we're setting that ass up for a beating, man. Like we're uh They have we, a whole freshman squad this year. Yeah? Got it. Hey, Bo leave, man. I do. In blue. Uh blue doesn't exist as soon as that first kickoff of the season happens. That that uh can go straight to hell. I'm already breaking out my buckeyes colors. Well joke's on you. Michigan is hell, so there's well, literally Detroit. a hell well, there's literally a hell Michigan, so uh, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you're trying to be funny there, but uh, that is correct. <laughs> Either way, uh, speaking of hell, former like Horse- my teams are from cities that are pieces of crap. Yeah, the Oakland A's, Wolverines, the Golden State Warriors are in San Francisco now. Well, and then uh, your Raiders are now in Las Vegas, which is uh, you know literally it's called probably Sin the City. Nice- She's probably the nicest of all of them, to be honest. But <laughs> which is sad as hell. <laughs> but uh, former Four Horsemen Ole Anderson said that he turned down an offer to be a part of the Ric Flair tribute on Raw. In an, well, yeah, because Flair lost to Kurt Hennig on TV. What good is he to him now? <laughs> anyway, that will uh, never get old. Ever? No, effing stupid, man. Like, oh yeah, what good is Ric Flair, the uh, the multi-time world champion who led? Uh, Jim Crockett promotions during its its heights. What good is he to you now? Two time WWF champion, headlined WrestleMania. Well, 
was one of the headliners of WrestleMania 8. Uh, nah, F him. Maybe I look at it from a different perspective. I'm like, in what world is Kurt Henning so bad that when you lose to him, you're buried? Well, that's, yeah, that's another point. Like, wh- <laughs> That's the one, oh, well, if you lose to Kurt Hennig, F you. But yeah, Kurt Hennig, the former AWA world champion. The guy who was, like, pretty prominent intercontinental champion for a while, put on fantastic matches in WWF. No, F him. Uh, you'd figure Ole Anderson would be a, a huge fan of Kurt, considering they're Minnesota boys. Maybe uh, his dad pissed him off or something. You know, those old guys hold grudges. Yeah, damn it. Larry always had a better beard than I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's not but saying anyway. much. Oh, he had like the, uh, the bum looking beard. Yeah. Well, in an interview, Anderson said that Flair had a lot of potential, but ended up doing the same match every night. Anderson is still quite bitter. Oh, well, thanks for pointing out the you obvious. We say that about any great wrestler, okay? Yeah, right. Bret Hart. Uh, Kurt Angle, Benoit. Yeah. Yep. Come on. Was it dude. Kurt? Oh yeah, I remember what it was. Kurt Kurt Angle recently said that crap about. Oh well, yeah, nobody wants to see a long title reign like Roman Reigns anymore. This isn't the territories. People are going to start tuning out. Like, okay. Just like that guy that told me I was apparently a Triple H apologist and an ass kisser because I lit- literally because I said I'm going to wait and see where it goes. <laughs> no, you need to be mad now and throw a temper tantrum. Boycott. Yeah. I even signed petitions. Like, I even said it's like, yeah, I would have preferred Cody to win. However, I don't know where it's going. I'm gonna have faith that you know Triple H has done well with this so far. Let's see where it goes. And he was like, Oh, you're kissing Triple H's ass. It's like, dude, if you only knew, like, I am not a Triple H fan. I'm a fan of his booking. I, I like that. But I'm not I've never been uh, like accused of being an apologist for him. <laughs> Whatever. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't cry on the internet whenever you know somebody he, loses uh, a match. Was he a freakazoid or was he one of those ones that jumped, quote unquote, jumped? Oh, I, I don't know. I refuse to go and check out his profile because I'm like, oh, it's just probably just like the worst of crap. You he know, stopped responding to me after a while. Oh, this <laughs> Which, guy's not even worth it. Yeah, right. Like you're just gonna keep telling me I kiss ass because I'm not crying. I mean, whatever. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Bobby the Brain Heenan recently returned home after spending the last several months in the hospital. In December of 2007, Heenan had reconstructive surgery on his jaw after the first surgery was unsuccessful. Heenan is still unable to speak. It's That's hard, man. That's hard to take. Considering I know. he's known for speaking. Yeah, one of the best talkers in the history of the business lost his ability to speak. Like, that's awful. I mean, it would have sucked regardless, but just like Conrad Thompson had brought up, he was like, dude, can you imagine if Heenan was still alive and able to talk in like the the age of podcasting? Dude, that would be amazing. Of like, course he said that. Well, yeah, I mean, he's always thinking about that stuff, but I mean, he's not wrong, though. It's like, can you think if Bobby Heenan had a podcast? Dude, that thing would be amazing. It would be uh, comedic. It would be historic. It'd just be a, a fun time. I I would. Like, yeah, I listen to Jim Cornette. I know. God. Yeah, well, the difference is Bobby wasn't bitter and angry all the time. Well, we don't know how he would have been later in life. We don't know that. I guess so. But uh, by the time he died, he wasn't like screaming and cussing and yelling about <sighs> politics and okay, angry not with everybody. To be, not to bring this up, but how could he yell? Uh, well, I'm saying if he could talk. Oh, well, I guess when he could talk, everybody said he was still in good spirits. Like, 
obviously it sucked. He couldn't talk, but he's, they said he found ways to communicate, whatever. And they said he was, he was still like joking around or whatever. I just feel like Stephen Hawking was uh, a jokester in the way he quote unquote spoke. So there's that. Yeah. I just like some of Cornette stuff is funny, but a lot of his humor boils down to like, uh, like middle school, like stupid humor, like, like his nicknames for freaking uh, people like Vince Russo. You couldn't come up with anything better. Like that one is oh. just, that one's la- like, not, a, no, not only lame, but lazy. It would have been fun to to hear Bobby Heenan joking around and talking about the good old days and whatever. And he would have still hated Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it would have been called picking the brain. <laughs> oh my gosh. That <laughs> yeah, right there, man. See, <sighs> anyway, former head of ECW and current owner of indie promotion, pro wrestling unplugged. Todd Gordon is retiring from wrestling. He says, quote, it's not a complicated story, folks. A member of my immediate family is gravely ill and both of, uh, and both my physical and financial resources must be devoted to 24-7 healthcare. It would be oh, virtually... Imp- that's fake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be virtually impossible for me to devote the time and energy needed to run PWU and my store and be a caretaker. Something had to give. It's been 20 blessed years in this business, surrounded by top-notch quality talent, both in, uh, both in front of and behind the camera. I will miss each and every one of them, along with all of you fans who supported me so faithfully, end quote. I am today's years old. When, when 2000, I knew Todd Gordon did anything in 2008. Yeah, right. Uh, to which Paul Heyman said, get lost, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that sucks. Uh, I hope whoever he was talking about pulled through. Uh, but yeah, I. Uh, it, it's easy to say, well, it's not like he was giving up some, you know, big opportunity running some tiny indie promotion, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, it's cool that he, you know, was able to put priorities in the right order. Yeah. Todd Gordon was a big part of ECW. Obviously Uh, he did some stuff with the NWA after that, I think. And uh, yeah, after he was uh, unceremoniously thrown out of ECW, like jazz on an episode of fresh Prince. And he didn't really do a whole lot after that. Well, speaking of these people, Greg, stop me if you heard this one before. Sabu has been missing bookings. Oh, man. (laughs) He recently missed two conventions, a personal appearance, and a booking from Maryland Championship Wrestling. At the April 5th MCW show, owner Dave McDivitt said that uh, Sabu had personal demons. No. Yeah. You mean the guy who just. Hold on, hold on. Before you say anything. I heard he's really sick currently, so hope he gets better. Yeah, I, I'm honestly surprised that he's in the shape he's in at this age with what he's put his body through. It's, yeah. it's nuts that he can even walk. And I'm not wishing ill upon the guy, but seriously, this is another one of those stories that it's like, this could be any time. This could have been 10 years before this. Uh, 15 years before this. Like, yeah, I think we brought it up last week. Like, how the hell is Terry Funk still, like, functioning after all the stuff he's done? Yeah, right, that too. But, yeah, Sabu and missing bookings go together like, uh, like lamb and tuna fish. Lamb and tuna fish? Maybe you prefer spaghetti, uh, spaghetti and meatball? Yeah, considering you're in America, if you don't like that, get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That's I don't like know if second... people even get that reference, but I hope they do. <laughs> yeah, right. 
it's the second time in in uh, two days that I, like an Adam Sandler reference has just come up organically. I don't know. Like, movies are great. Stupid at times. Great. Uh, Bobby Lashley's been training for MMA as of late. He's been training in both Colorado Springs and San Jose, which you brought up earlier. It is believed that he'll go public with his plans in early May when his 90-day no-compete clause with WWE expires. Lashley is also free to go to TNA when that clause expires. Yeah, he ain't going there. Uh, well, he, I guess he did. I forgot. He did. He was. Uh, he wasn't Impact for a I don't while. Think he goes to the Bellator for quite a while, actually. I don't think it happened until like recently, as of now, like a couple of years, like years ago, like five, six years ago. Which is he was in that. You remember that EA Sports MMA game? I do. Yeah, he was in, he was in that. Uh, and they had like all the the unsigned UF like non UFC talents basically in that game. And Randy Couture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they had like, uh, I, I will, I will Emilia never forget, Yeah, he was on the cover. I will never forget Dana White while saying, "USC will never have a deal with EA. We do not like them." And yeah, that game came out was successful, and now here we are. Oh, so are you trying to tell me? <laughs> Just like women will never be in the UFC, dude. Every hardline <laughs> stance that Dana White takes never comes true. He never <laughs> sticks with it. That's why every time he says we will 1000% do this or we will 1000% never do that, then I know he's full of crap and it's going it, to like hashtag plans will change. <laughs> but anyway, uh, speaking of all that, though, so, well, sort of triple A out of Mexico will be holding a big event called triple mania on June 13th. Yeah, lazy naming. <laughs> right. But yeah, a, a big event like. You mean their biggest show of the year down in Mexico, but yeah, go on. Well, they probably anyway. anticipated to be a yearly thing every year, right? Uh, it started, I mean, this was, it's been going on for at least 10 years at this point. Like, it's been going on since like the mid-90s, I know they started. Oh. But, uh, yeah. Well, the word it. Sounded right. like it was the first one. I know, that's why I'm like, that's an odd way to word this story, but, alright. But anyway, it will be at Los Palacio de los deportes yeah so ex- excuse my spanish los palacio de los deportes there we go but anyway they were trying to get bobby lashley and bill goldberg to work as a heel tag team on the show Heels. yeah uh, reports uh that was from a report from the wrestling observer newsletter oh, oh well, then it's got to ah. be accurate yeah well it's got to be real uh, the event will feature talent from TNA and Pro Wrestling Noah. AAA is trying to get the event on pay-per-view in the United States, and their American contract is a or their American contact is a big Goldberg fan. Well, I mean, yeah. AAA plans on making a play for Goldberg, but Goldberg has said in the past that he's retired. Well, I gotta cue it up again. <laughs> Uh, Lashley is actually open to the idea of teaming up with Goldberg. I'm sure the hell he is. As mentioned earlier, Lashley is training for MMA. He's recently signed with Zenkin Entertainment Company. Okay. Uh, an organization that manages a bunch of MMA fighters. Never heard of it. Yeah, I just... What? Who? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he actually get signed up with, like, a real, like big name team at one point well if he was in san jose he was in uh american kickboxing academy so okay 
Yeah, I, th- I thought it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the Florida team. Uh, uh, all, all, was it American Top Team? I was going to, yeah, I was, I was about to ask. It's like, I thought he was on yeah, American they Top had, Team. Because uh, they had uh, Colby Covington and uh, Stephen Bonner on impact with him at one point. I remember that. Huh. Yeah. Which I find I, funny, I, by the way. Colby, Co- Colby Covington recently said, if I ever go to wrestling, I'm not going to go to a second tier place like AEW, but you went to Impact, dude. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Impact was better on, you know, Pop TV and Destination America. <laughs> Hell ever, man. <laughs> but staying in Mexico, Eddie Guerrero is the third person to be inducted into the AAA Hall of Fame. The other two are Rey Mysterio Jr. and Antonio Pena. Uh, at the March 16th Rey Rey de Reyes show in Monterey, Chavo Guerrero Sr. accepted the plaque. AAA put together a video highlight package of Guerrero that featured mostly footage from WWE commercial releases. AAA contacted Televisa to use older tapes, but found out that most of the pre-1995 footage had been erased. How? That was a thing back in the day. They said that's why a lot of, like, territory stuff... Um, like especially with like mid south wrestling, just doesn't exist because they would constantly tape over stuff. Couldn't like, go to because, like Walgreens to get a two dollar blank tape. Back in the day, that's how they saved money. They would just use the same tapes over and over and over. That's why um, if anybody knows a show Doctor Who, back in the day, the BBC did that kind of stuff. So that's one reason why old Doctor Who episodes don't exist. Another one is because the old BBC studios burnt down and literally destroyed a lot of the tapes. But yeah, with Mid-South Wrestling, I guess that's why a lot of that footage doesn't exist and WWE can't buy it because they taped over it. This was back before digital, people. Like, we're going back in the day here where, yeah, TV studios used VHS tapes. Digital's bad, though. Oh, yeah, it doesn't look, you know, in great quality or, you know, anything else. And it's not way more convenient. <sighs> Whatever. I I mean, I like some physical media. I, I'll be the first to admit every single game I get, I try to get it physical. I think I have God of War and a couple of other ones that are digital. But, uh, oh, WWE, I downloaded that one digital because it was more convenient. And I was getting the most expensive version anyway. So it's like, eh, why go buy the disc? But are you ready for a return of one of uh, your favorite segments of the news? Oh, God. Uh, I, I'm, I'm being serious here. We, we got this one. It's, it's not quite as bad as previous versions of, uh, uh, of, of this, but it's a return of our, the segment called That is One Big Pile of Shit. What the f*** is this piece of shit? That is one big pile of shit. All right. So this first one, this guy is he, he fits the description all the way. Uh, and I, I'm glad of the conclusion of the story. So a British man who posed as Dwayne The Rock Johnson in an attempt to receive free Everton Football Club and Manchester United Football Club tickets and merchandise <laughs> has pleaded guilty to three counts of fraud. My God. Yeah, something might throw them off when you, I don't know, show up. Because nobody looks like The Rock. Uh, there's this guy, uh, a chaser in San Francisco, that looks just like Clay Thompson. And they had to ban him from there because he snuck backstage. Oh, I saw that. He looked just yeah. like him, dude. He's like, just walked right back there like, oh, whatever. You know, I, I'm on the team. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, <laughs> I had seen that, and and like uh, people were people were calling him a, an idiot, and he admitted he was an idiot because they were like, dude, like I guess, wasn't he like a favorite at the games because people would be like, yeah. oh, this guy looks like him, whatever. He's, he's actually and, back in now, but you know, yeah, it's the guards now know the distinction, but <laughs> yeah, well, it's like they said, uh, people were like, dude, you were like, you know, people. He, he was at all, a bunch of games and, you know, he would get a bunch of attention or whatever. And he went and effed it up by, you know, being an idiot and sneaking backstage like whatever. Or, you know, in the locker room, you know, what I, I mean? didn't get is like he's got pictures of himself with all the players. They all took pictures with him at one point. Yeah. Like, what are you what are you accomplishing now by going back there? Yeah. We were trying, trying to see their junk. Like, <laughs> it's the only other thing. It's like, <sighs> whatever. But either way, this one, ah, it kind of fits the description of the uh, of, of the segment, so I threw it in here, but uh, I'll let you decide. In a recent interview with WrestlingWorldInsanity.com, real name. Wow, that's a real name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesse Ventura had some harsh words to say about Hulk Hogan. After years of speculation, Ventura finally revealed that it was Hulk Hogan who ratted him out to Vince McMahon for wanting to form a wrestler's union in the late 1980s. Yeah, that um, kind of a kind of effed up. <laughs> like, oh, you're gonna step on his money. Yeah, I look. Hey, I'm. I get it. Just I don't. Know, I I can see both sides of it. I'm just saying. But the union was one of the major factors that contributed to McMahon and Ventura's strained relationship. However, Ventura did admit, "quote But that's the nature of the business. You know, it is a cutthroat business, and I accept that." End quote. Now he accepts it. Yeah, he accepts it, but he'll and says, "Well, I get it. It's the nature of the business." But he's still a piece of crap. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, he man. then he then went on to say, "Quote: I don't have a great deal of respect for Hogan today, and one of the reasons is because of that show he does. Hogan knows best. This is just my opinion, but I'd never exploit my family that way to the media. I think that's grasping at stardom and attempting to stay on top." End quote. Coming from the politician. Okay. <laughs> yeah right okay. um i mean i kind of get it but at the same time like it came out years later uh like eric bischoff was talking about it he said hulk wasn't really into it it was linda that wanted it and linda was pushing all of it because she wanted to be on tv she wanted the paycheck she wanted the cameras and hulk agreed to go along with it because he thought it would help brooke with her singing career so i don't know well, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, singing career went nowhere. Very fast. Yeah, right. But yeah, that show, I don't know. But yeah, oh, yeah, but you know what was not exploitative and, uh, you know, just weird was uh, Jesse Ventura's show. Scrooge's show? Yeah. Look, I'm just asking questions. I just want some answers. It's like, are you though? Or are you just being like weird? One of those things where oh, someone else does it's bad, but I'll do it my way. That's fine. And I like, I get that he's not like it's it's not um, hypocritical here because he's not like his family wasn't in the show. But at the same time, it's like you that show was just bunk. And he's I done. Can't so comment. Much. I've never seen an episode. So yeah, it was it was. It was a lot of tinfoil hat kind of stuff. And no. then, uh, yeah, right. 
he's a weird, weird dude. And he's also like uh, said some pretty effed up things about some Navy SEALs in the past. And it's like, dude, like, you know, I used to like he was. Well, he came out against the uh, you ever you know, that Bradley Cooper movie, uh, American Sniper. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, well, the he claims some like uh, the guy in that movie was full of crap and. Uh, they had some issues back in the day and whatever. And he, j- this is after the guy's dead, by the way. I just want to point out. He's the that guy out. that kicked his ass, by the way? It's supposedly, yeah. And I think he, like, either he sued the guy's wife for the, or the guy's wife sued him. I, I can't remember how it went, but yeah, it was, it ended up in the widow court or was way. still alive? Oh, he was still, he was, he was dead. Huh. So, so he sued a widow. Yeah. Oh, what a man. What a man. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know for sure. I know it ended up in court, and all this is just, uh... Allegedly! There, well, that but... Too. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, not good stuff, man. I, I lost a lot of respect for Jesse Ventura. It's like a real not... piece of work. Yeah, real piece of work. But, anyway, we're going to take our next break here, because we're finally getting into the event. Uh, we're going to get into Lockdown... <laughs> 2008, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast? How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it's tna lockdown 2008 this one you're going to watch raw (laughs) well uh but the date for this one is april 13th 2008 at the Songus Arena in Lowell, Massachusetts, because we all know that, you know, but you had a show or two there. <laughs> yeah. uh, the attendance was 5,500, which it looked pretty packed when they showed the crowd. I, I don't know if it was. I, I don't know what the uh, capacity is for it. Uh, with, with the pa- Say what? 250 people. Yeah. Uh, the capacity was 6,496, so eh, it was close to full. I mean, you know, good for them. This was a marquee uh, event, though, to be fair, too, so it should have been. Well, this marquee event had a 
looked like a piss hole in a snowbank when they went to Texas. So there's that. That's yeah, true. But that was we're but, also talking about a stadium there too, not an arena. God, yeah. Uh, but this pay-per-view buy rate, it had about 55,000 buys, which was actually a decent number for them. So can't hate on them for that. Usually they got around 30, 35, so this was up. But we start the show off with Mike Tanay in an empty cage, spotlight on him. Uh, it was a pre-recorded video from earlier in the day, I believe, where Tanay was previewing tonight's main event match. We then roll the opening before coming back into the arena. When they light off all the pyro on the stage, everything, I think, actually looks pretty cool for this show. Like, it actually felt like a pay-per-view and not just a long episode of Impact for once. Uh, and then we go That's into the cr- concept. I know. It just, you dress it up, you do some pyro. I mean, it, it works wonders, man. Oh, and get the F out of the soundstage. But we then go to Don West and Jeremy Borash in the crowd who ask fans who they think will win the main event tonight. Go figure, they all say Samoa Joe. I mean, did you think anybody was going to pick Kurt? It's like that, it's like that show, it was, uh, oh, Starcade, Starcade 83, I think, where uh, they're going around different people. Oh, who do you think is going to win the NWA title tonight? And everybody said Ric Flair, and like only one person picked Harley Race. Well, like, to be fair, only Flair could win the NWA title that night. Oh, well, yeah, well, you know what I mean. But anyway, I know, I just wanted to be a smart ass. It was right there. That's what she said. Giggity. This first match is an Xscape elimination match for the TNA X Division title. I have it on authority. Good authority. This is Hulk Hogan's favorite match. <laughs> oh, yeah. You remember those classics that he used to compete in back in the day? <laughs> Didn't he slam this match or something like that? Or I have no idea. On, the, on his first mat- night there. I didn't see that one. Well, they had one of these when he was like his first night there, I believe. Yeah, that's when Jeff yeah, Hardy that's debuted. That's what I meant. He slammed that match. Well, I don't even remember. Or I know he, he just didn't cra- understand or something. I don't, I don't remember. I know he talked crap about the ring. Oh uh, well, you know we're not a circus. We're gonna we're we're gonna have wrestling in a four sided ring, like you know it was meant to. The crowd booed the crap out of him. <laughs> I'm like, apparently oh, the wrestlers to- loved it. Yeah, right. He just tells like, that he was all for it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I've talked to other wrestlers before. Where I was like, you prefer four-sided or six-sided ring? And they're like, ah, I don't know much of a difference. They're like, it, it is what it is. They're like, you kind of adapt Ropes quickly to it. extra tighter, apparently, and hurt. Yeah, I, I could see that. And the way they had to have the boards in the ring, yeah, it was probably a little harder. But I just like how, like, he's given this, what he thinks is a big baby spe- babyface speech, you know, his first night there, and he's getting the crap booed out of him because the TNA fans hate it. But it was also kind of reminiscent of like um, when they announced to NXT that they'd hold their first takeover event in Brooklyn, and the local crowd booed it. Well, you like, and I didn't boo it. Oh hell no! But anyway, this match goes for about ten and a half minutes. It is Black Machismo, Jay Lethal, defending the X Division title against He's Hot, He's Spicy, He Tastes Great, the Curry Man. Uh, also. Johnny Devine, Consequences Creed, a.k.a. Uh, Xavier Woods, Sanjay Dutt, and Shark Boy. Oh, yeah. shell yeah. Yeah, Shark Boy 24-7. Oh, shell yeah. Gonna kick some bass. <laughs> Drink some clam juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the stupidest Stupid. thing ever. I thought it was funny, but effing dumb, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway, we talked about just, this a couple of weeks ago at the BWO. Parody is meant to be funny, but at the end of the day, it's just lazy. Right. Just like WCW, the little guys open the show. Divine actually eliminates Dutt first with the dreaded schoolboy. Uh, Creed eliminates Sharkboy next with a hammerlock DDT. Curryman hits a front flip senton off the cage onto Creed and Divine. He then pins Creed after hitting the spice rack, real name. Right. He then hits another spice rack on Machismo, but uh, Divine. Yeah, for those that don't know, it's a burning hammer. Sounds but, like uh, something the Pulse I would do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he hits a spice rack on Machismo, but Divine hits Curryman with the Divine Intervention to pin him. Sanjay keeps the door open to the cage, or excuse me, keeps the door locked to the cage to prevent Divine from escaping. Johnny then climbs the cage, just as SoCal Val opens the door, and Black Machismo dives out to win and retain his title. Uncle Dave and I both gave this Trace stars. What say you? Ghost. Oh, really? Only a two? Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a, a little bit of a cluster at times, but I, I liked most of these guys. I still don't understand why they had Daniels come back as Curry Man. That will never make sense to me. He survived. He did, but it's just like. And then after that, Curry Man got fired. He survived, but brought back Daniels. Can't make this you up. Know, <laughs> right. Well, what gets me is I I just now put this together too. You remember when they were building up Kaz or Kazarian when he went by Kaz. They were building him up. He was in main event matches, taking on the, the big guys and everything and doing great. And then all of a big sudden guy. he goes on <laughs> then all of a sudden he goes on a losing streak and decides I'm gonna quit. And he comes back as uh, suicide. Well that you was a video game though. Right. But it's like really you take one of these guys the young guys that you're building up as a top star and people are getting behind. No, we're F him, bring him back as suicide. And then with Daniels at the time. They had him with that new look where he was painting his uh, painting that symbol on his face, and he had a beard. And they were building him up like, uh, you know, like they renewed his gimmick and acting like he was something. And then, nope, f you, you're fired. Come back as Curry Man. What the oh. hell, man? You want to that? About... You bring him back, you put him under a damn mask, right? And you it's don't like... even sell the mask to make money or nothing. To my knowledge, they didn't. yeah. Nope. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about. Freaking ADD with this booking, man. Yeah. Backstage, Jeremy Borash is sitting with a with Kurt Angle lookalike Frank Trigg. Trigg gives his analysis of the main event and the skills of both Joe and Kurt, saying that he doesn't see a way that Samoa Joe can beat Kurt Angle. And now we go to this. It is the Queen of the Cage. Goes about five and a half minutes. It's Chris. That was a clever name. Yeah. Well, it's not a clever match. It was Christy oh. Hemi, Salinas, Miss Jackie Moore, a.k.a. Jacqueline, Tracy Brooks, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Rocka Khan, and Roxy Laveau. So many Rocka women... Khan, by the way, that's not Jade Cargill, right? Uh, no, Jade Cargill is actually very attractive. Rocka Khan, eh, you know what? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> Just say I've never Steiner. seen them in the same ring at the same time. Good lord. Uh, well, you know, Scott Steiner liked her. Allegedly! So there's that. <laughs> Either way. You know what, man? So many women, so little talent. Uh, this was literally... Oh, I, a re- I, I disagree. There was a lot of talent. 
Yeah, with the doctors. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, this was literally a reverse cage match that turned into a one-on-one. <laughs> like Cornette said about Russo, he's booked backwards <laughs> with the lat with the King of the Mountain and the reverse battle royal. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, this sucked. But Vince Russo strikes again, never, man. Never had a cage match where they find the outside and escape into the cage. Yeah, right. And, you know, because that makes sense. <laughs> but Angelina Love is the first one in the cage. Roxy Laveau is the second one in, making it a one-on-one between them. In the end, Roxy wins with the voodoo drop. This was, in a word, meh. Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. I have a better oh. word for it. It's four letters. <laughs> uh... I gave it a whole star. What say you? One. I gave less Fs about it. That's what it was. (sighs) Yeah, it this this is not good. Not good. Not good at all. But we now go backstage with generic blonde number three, Lauren, standing by with Samoa Joe. And I say that because they just keep switching out these rando blonde interviewers. Yeah, you would think that Johnny Ace was hiring him or something. Good lord. Hey, boss, she's blonde with a great rack. <sighs> anyway, uh, one, I think Letitia Klein. Uh, picks. Wow. Uh, Letitia Klein was the one that was on, like, either Playboy or Hustler or one of them. But either way. I'm uh, not so I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I, I heard from somebody. I'm just kidding. I am a perp, but I still don't know. <laughs> Lauren is standing by with Samoa Joe. We're reminded for like the third or fourth time tonight that if Joe loses to Kurt, he retires from wrestling. Uh, Joe says yeah, that pretty much guarantees he's winning. Yeah, because he ain't going to WWE. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe says he would do anything to beat Kurt Angle tonight and win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. I remember watching this when I was watching it live, and I'm thinking, okay, Hugh Shields or something's coming when he said that. Yeah, right. Like, it makes it sound uh, ominous. But nope, for once, I mean, not to spoil anything, but not a swerve, bro. But And nothing yeah. really happens in that match, by the way, that makes that promo mean anything. I'll do anything. Like, he doesn't get ultra-violent with them. He nope. doesn't, like, break out a screwdriver and try to put it through his head. <laughs> well, no, that's only reserved for Brian Danielson. Yep. <sighs> and Kenny Omega last night. Kenny Omega did it last night. He tried to do it to Moxley. And Moxley's What's like up? telling him to do it. Just do it. Just do it. And then he ran. What's up with the? Oh, wow. Yeah. What's up with the screwdrivers? Is that like a, a, a ongoing thing? They made, it, they made it a point on commentary to say, it's a flathead, too. It's not a Phillips. Like, okay. Oh, well, sense? then. <laughs> I would personally go with a Phillips if I was trying to stab somebody. Like, uh, I would think that would go through skin better. <laughs> I I don't know. But then again, I'm not well-versed in stabbing people with tools, so <laughs> whatever. But now we see a video of Kip James saying that he's he'll become a wild animal in the cage with BG James tonight. He then does his best impersonation of Tiger King, claiming that he'll be like a tiger. And he's standing next to a tiger, yeah, tiger in blood. a cage. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? He probably thinks that uh, his next-door neighbor killed her husband, too. <laughs> but 
We then see BG James saying that Kip is a piece of crap and he's looking to get revenge since Kip hit his dad, Bullet Bob Armstrong, with a crutch. I remember that. Yeah. Not just because they show it either. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I remember this era pretty well of TNA. But we now go to Kip James versus BG James. This goes six minutes, 45 seconds. Kip yeah, starts off by... Too long. Kip starts off by sucker punching BG. Kip dominates until diving off the middle rope and getting low blowed. Scissor him, daddy ass. Uh, in the end, for some reason, Kip starts tuning up the band, a la Shawn Michaels. And then he goes for a corner splash, but BG moves. That's reminding us that the stars are on the other channel. <laughs> right. Uh, and that you no longer have Michael Shane, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes for a corner splash. BG moves. Kip hits the corner and then gets beaten with the dreaded roll-up. Uncle, oh, Uncle Dave gives this ah star. I gave it two. It was okay. Let's say you. I gave it one. This was bad. Suck. I don't love these it. It sucked. Yeah. Uh, I like them two together. I'll say that. I couldn't give a damn less about this match. I like. I get why the feud was happening. It just wasn't good. I don't know. But after the match, BG offers Kip his hand. They shake and hold each other's hands up before Kip swerves absolutely nobody. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he swerved. I'm like, from who? <laughs> he swerved absolutely nobody except for BG's dumbass and clotheslines him and then crotch, crotch chops over him. Or has a Stevie Wonder saw this coming? Yeah, right. He's like, watch the clothesline. <laughs> Uh, so, do, can I take this to mean there will be no scissoring tonight? Not yet, Daddy Ass. <laughs> but backstage, Jeremy Moore Ash is standing by with Kurt Angle. He says Angle has cut himself off from everyone while training. Kurt then launches into an icy glare speech about how it's personal for Kurt to beat Joe and make him tap out and end his career. At this point, mm. I'm watching this. I know we're going to get a video package, but at this point, you watch it and like, What's so personal about it? Why does Samoa Joe going to do whatever he has to do to kill him and Angle's going to do whatever? Like, they don't explain this. Yeah, well, we're also... Didn't Kurt attack Joe's family at one point? Was that before this? I couldn't remember that. I I think it happened, but maybe I'm getting feuds mixed up. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was Christian, I believe. He hit one of the fire dancers. um, I remember Alex Shelley attacking or trying to attack one of Sting's kids, right? Uh, it was it, that was Kurt Kurt Angle attacked. Uh, Al, I think Alex Show was filming it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. He did have a camera. Yeah. But anyway, this match it, with the people that are in it, it's like, oh my god. But this is yeah. a six a six team cuffed in the cage match. <laughs> so this that is means, real, folks. This mean, right. So what this means is you're going to take that that cage. You're going to fill it with 12 guys. Okay, so you're already starting off. That's already done. (laughs) Overdone. Yeah. You're already starting off just with a cluster, you know what. And then the only way to win is you have to eliminate each person in the match by handcuffing them to the cage wall. Right. Yeah. He Uh, did this in WCW, too. He called it the, I think it was the House of Pain. So you had to handcuff the opponents to the cage and then beat the hell out of him with a weapon in order to win. <laughs> this well, victims, bro. 
Yeah, right. It's effing stupid, man. The it's teams redundant, man. Well, that too. Uh, but this was <clears throat> the Rock and Rave Infection, which was was he still Lance Hoyt at this point? Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so Lance Hoyt. I put Lance Rock, but he changed it later. So Lance Hoyt and Jimmy Rave. They called versus, Lance Hoyt on commentary. I know that. Yeah, that's why I was like, I thought it was Lance Rock, and then I I kept hearing them saying Hoyt, and I'm like. Ah, okay. But they're taking on Eric Young and Kazarian, Black Rain and Relic, which, by the way, is killer spelled backwards. There it is. Uh, I was going to call you on that. The Motor City Machine Guns of Alex Chili and Chris Sabin. We actually got a talented team in there. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, LAX, uh, consisting of Homicide and Hernandez. That's the real LAX, by the way. AKA the real LAX. Yeah. Sorry, I stole your thunder there. Uh, and Scott Steiner and Petey Williams, who is Maple Leaf Muscle. Yeah. Uh, well, by the way, I always laugh, by the way, because, you know, he was never a not muscly guy, but all of a sudden they start accentuating him when he gets with Scott Steiner. Yeah, right. Well, he started, remember, he started doing the gimmick, and then he hooked up with Scott Steiner, like, shortly yeah. thereafter. It's clearly like, oh, meant to build to that. Right. Which is weird. I didn't know TNA built to stuff, but yeah. <laughs> And then he became little Petey Pump, and he started like doing his hair and, and goatee like him. Wearing like, that stupid uh, metal headdress. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the interview. Like, I've, I've never been able to find it since then. But there's this like 40 minute interview with, with um, Petey Williams talking about his experiences hanging out with Scott Steiner and just like the insanity of Scott in like. Well, there's some stories real, right there, huh? Yeah, it was just, like everyday life craziness. He was like, I felt like I had to be like the 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 sane guy, like talking <laughs> so, talking Scott off a ledge sometimes when he's about to go nuts. <laughs> like he said, uh, like they were planning out matches, and Scott's like, I'm gonna hit you with a Frankensteiner, and he's like, uh, What was the last time you hit that move? He's like, Well, you don't think I can do it? He's like, Can you do it? And there's this like long pause. He's like, I like the recliner. He did it on Samoa Joe in 2006, I believe. Yeah, off the top rope, finally. <laughs> and, and that was like, he barely got the rotation on that one. He sure as hell wasn't, like, jumping for it, like, back in the day. That was not going to happen. Well, because he wasn't 300 pounds of roid up muscle back in the day. Uh, are, are you going to make me hit it, Greg? Allegedly! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, not allegedly. You know what I mean. He did more than Kinseko, dude. Allegedly! <laughs> No, you can visually see it. It's not allegedly about that. <laughs> I, I will never until the day I die forget my dad's reaction when he comes out as Big Papa Pump and my dad's like, what the hell did he do to himself? <laughs> Hollywood, Hollywooded himself out. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, this is the third how many people can we stuff into one cage match of the night? Because if, if there's any match type that requires that, it's a cage match. Of course, yeah. Where you literally can't get out. But this one for you. How did how did you never how did Vince Russo never have a battle royal where the where the uh, object was to throw the people out of the cage over the top? Well, because <laughs> that was already done with Bunkhouse Stampede. So you know they they beat him to it. Hey, really? Yeah, yeah, throw them out over the top. Yep, you had to dump them out of the cage. That was the way to win. Sounds. sounds uh, I can't use the word. I'll save you some editing. <laughs> Like a cluster F. Uh, yeah, well, well, we'll say that. 
let's see. Because I, I know it's now in the archives. I, I must have done it with, um, yeah, I, it was episode 85. I might have did it with Grandi. I think I did. Hey, what so, you guys do on your own time, man? I don't judge. <laughs> good God. But Eric Young and Kazarian were supposed to be team number two, but we see backstage that Young gets beaten up by Black Rain and Relic, which, again, of course, is killer spelled backwards. <laughs> and they will tell you on commentary, folks, if you believe us. Well, I like how he throws in the, well, of course. And it's like, why is it of course? Like, I get it's like it a quick you little, say it. It's quite, let's say a quick little parenthesis in the middle of a sentence. Relic, right. Which, of course, is killer spelled backwards. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets super original with it, because when he left Impact, he kept doing the gimmick, but he changed his name to Red Rum. Right. Like, I cool. thought it was a take on, uh, uh, what's that Jack Nicholson movie again? Shining. Yeah, The Shining, yeah. But Scott Steiner gets handcuffed to the cage at one point, so he's out. Eric Young finally comes out, but he's too scared to get into the cage, so he leaves like a, a uh, another word for a cat. Uh, Chris Saban and Alex Shelley then get handcuffed to the cage, so they're out. Oh, well, yeah, by all means, why have the most talented team in there till the end? <laughs> Keeney Williams is next to get handcuffed, and that's another good piece of talent out. They're all Her just name. so talented that they're not needed. They make everyone exactly. look bad. Yeah, right. Hernandez gets handcuffed, and then Jimmy Ray's Rave eats the flux capacitor from Kazarian. The flux capacitor, which, which makes, makes time travel, time travel possible. Pals, possible. <laughs> Sorry, I love how Don again. Wayne was such a nerd, by the way, and had to keep saying that. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I said, yeah. that's our friend on Facebook. I said the wrong name, Don West. Yeah, Don. Yeah, Don West you'll, was. Uh, you'll edit that out. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Don yeah. West had to completely keep saying it, dude. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was. This is what makes time travel possible. <laughs> Freaking love it, man. <laughs> Made me geek. Uh, me I love the move anyway, but him saying it, I was like, hell yeah. But Lance Hoyt ends up eating a choke slam, or I'm sorry, he choke slams Kazarian, other way around, off the top rope. And then Black Rain and Relic handcuff Kazarian to the cage. Y'all, you know, because you know, can't have that guy running around doing cool moves. Now, Super Eric runs out. Yeah, I forgot about this. I was like, was this when he was born, or was he already doing this? I forget. Yeah, this was freaking stupid. I This was, uh, he'd clearly been doing it for a while, because, like, they knew who it was and everything. So I was like, oh, Super Eric's here. We're saved. Like, shut the F up. But he runs. Oh, out. as long as Vince Russo's still there, you're never going to be saved. Exactly. Jesus couldn't save you from that. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he saw- saved Vince Russo, though. I don't, I don't know, whatever, but... But anyway, uh, Super Eric handcuffs Rave to the cage now. Uh, did I mention he came out and, like dove on everybody off the cage? Well, he does. Then he handcuffs Jimmy Rave to the cage. Super Eric switches around with Relic to handcuff him to the cage. And they were like, well, how did he do that? Oh, well, he has superpowers. Like, Shut the F up. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the Undertaker, Kane. <laughs> yeah. But he handcuffs Relic to the cage and... And then he hits a Death Valley driver on Black Rain before handcuffing his ass to the cage and winning. What a clusterfuck. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it one and a half. This sucked. Let's see who. One. I did laugh quite a bit, though. The highlight yeah. of the match was uh, Don West's commentary. 
That should yeah, never right. be a highlight of the match, by the way, ever. Hell no. But, like, I don't care who the commentator is. It's like, why? Freaking Vince Russo strikes again, man. But backstage, generic blonde number three, Lauren, is standing by with Samoa Joe's fire dancer family members. Uh, Joe's dad says that this is all his son ever wanted, so he can't see him losing. But win or lose, he'll always love his son. But if he loses to Kurt Angle on pay-per-view, what good is he to him? No? You know, all, all Dan Reno wanted was a Super Bowl. I can't see him losing. Oops, he did. So you yeah. can't use that as an excuse, but... Well, plus, I, I, I like how he had to throw that in there. Well, win or lose, I'll always love my son. Like, oh, yeah, because I thought if he lost to Kurt Angle <laughs> in the main event, you're going to be like, you are dis- uh, you are disowned yeah. from this family. Uh, no, it's like he was a Kurt Angle in the main event. What do you, what do you mean now as a son? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, get your crap and get out. We'll throw back to the news there. <laughs> he then starts speaking in Samoan. I don't know what the hell he said. Joe's brothers, by the way, are straight beef. Like, they're big dudes. I know, big beefy Samoans. Were you, sh- Tell me were you shocked? <laughs> yeah. yeah, big beefy Samoans. Tell me another one. I know, but just, damn. But up next, it is Awesome Kong and Raisha Saeed, a.k.a. Cheerleader Melissa, taking on Gail Kim and ODB. It is a <laughs> knockout. <laughs> it is a knockout tag team cage match. There is a lot of chest meat in this one. I always thought ODB was a lot better than people give her credit for. Yeah, she wasn't bad. Uh, it was just, like, the part where she's, like, she would grab a woman by the face, or by the hair, and, like, make her headbutt her crotch. Like, okay. She would grope them, too. <laughs> yeah. This was, goes about eight and a half minutes. In the end, ODB ducks when Saeed is holding her, and Saeed eats a spinning back fist from Kong. Who could have foreseen? Uh, I was shocked, but- Oh, yeah. Shocked and dismayed. Shocked and dismayed. Anyway, uh, Gail then hits a diving front drop kick on a Kong. ODB connects with a diving splash on Saeed and gets a pinfall win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it two and a half stars for average. What say you? I thought this was really good. I gave it two. Yeah, it was it was fine. Uh, I've seen better. The most watchable match the past three we've seen. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't know, man. This is like, this is what they're doing? Okay. Well, we got one more that's um, going to be on that not-so-watchable list. <laughs> in the back. I like liked back. when I said this wasn't that bad. <laughs> Maybe I, I just I mean, I pay attention like the end, and like, I, I shouldn't do that, but oh, the end was pretty good. This, oh, this is good. No, doesn't mean that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... I think I did that. Fine. Yeah, this was fine. Wasn't great. <sighs> I don't know, man. Was what it was. In the back, Jeremy Borash interviews Karen Jarrett. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Karen Angle at the time. I put Karen, I mean, she's Karen Jarrett now. <sighs> but anyway, uh, getting ahead of myself. She claims that she's been separated from Kurt for about a month, so JB's confused as to why she's there. She says she's afraid of what will happen if Kurt falls short of his own expectations, so she's there to monitor him. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. I'm here to check up on, you know, the guy that's going to be paying me alimony. Child support, too. <laughs> yeah, that, too. I forgot about that. But up next, it is Robert Rude. 
Bob, Bob Rude <laughs> and Peyton Banks taking on Miss Booker Peyton Banks. T. Yeah, taking on Booker T and Charmel. It is a mixed tag match in six sides of steel. It goes about seven and a half minutes. Luckily, Rude and Booker are in the ring for most of this match. Charmel, I was going to say, my first note here is like, I didn't, I forgot how it went, but I know for a fact that women are going to do very little in this match. Thank God. Uh, Charmel finally gets tagged in and starts slapping away at Rude. Banks tags herself in just as Rude holds Charmel. Peyton Banks turns to shout at Booker T while Charmel back kicks Rude in the crotch. Uh, Peyton, then without looking, because she's an idiot apparently, spins and slaps Rude right in the face by accident. This leads, this leads to Banks being rolled up and pinned by Charmel for another win off of an effing schoolboy. That's at least three tonight. <laughs> Uncle Dave gives it a star and a quarter. I gave it dose. It was okay. What say you? One. Suck. Yeah, I don't know. This uh, thing sucked. This whole thing sucked. Yeah, it wasn't great. <sighs> I, I, I don't know. Like, Charmel was not a wrestler. Quit throwing her out there. Clearly. What the hell was it with Vince Russo where it's like, all these women aren't wrestlers, bro. Let's make them wrestle anyway. <laughs> like, he made Sonny wrestle. He made Sable wrestle. He made Charmel wrestle. Because, bro, something might pop out, bro. Good God. You the think he didn't say to himself? <laughs> I'm sure he did. Bro, I, it's, it's getting me all tingly, bro. I don't know what's going on down there, bro. <laughs> hey there, little guy. <laughs> Well, hey there, little feller. You remember that episode of South Park when they had the porn movie and they had to go return it? Yes. The player's watching it and he looks down at his crotch. Hey, what's going on down there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But backstage yet again with generic blonde number three, Lauren. She's interviewing UFC fighter Marcus Davis. Uh, do you know anything about Marcus Davis? Yeah, yeah, he was pretty decent this time. Yeah, it was. this was before my time. I don't remember him too much. But Davis says that he's been training Joe for the past two weeks, doing a training camp with him, and Davis says that Joe's been doing two sessions a day and really impressing him. I like how they're building this up like this is definitely a or definitely a, a, an MMA fight, even though it's definitely not. <laughs> that, was the whole, that was the whole build-up. An MMA-style yeah, match like, in the cage. Yeah. Did they, Think about it. They wrestles no shoes on, so should tell right. you everything you need to know. I mean, I get that was the like, it was like implied. But did they actually say, "Hey, we're gonna have a have a like a shoot style fight or something like that," or did that it just kind of say happen? that? But they did say it was gonna be a fight in the cage. It won't be a wrestling match. They they did say that heavily on TV. Okay, I must. I mean, I mean, I get it, especially because Kurt was like heavy into thinking about going into UFC around this time. So, and UFC was on Spike TV at this time, so it's good cross promotion. But that brings us to the Lethal Lockdown. It is Christian or Team Cage, which is Christian Cage, Rhino, Matt Morgan, and Sting. They're taking on Team Tomco, which is not consisting of Tomco. It is AJ Styles. <laughs> Why would it? Yeah, right? That's like Team Nash not having Nash on it. <laughs> That'd be dumb. Uh but AJ Styles, Brother Ray, Brother Devon, and James Storm are on this team. This goes about 26 and a Isn't half Brother minutes. Brother Devon kind of redundant. My God. 
Uh, Captains Christian Cage and it appears Tomko are actually going to start this one out. However, Tomko just distracts Christian while AJ Styles sneaks in and takes the first spot uh, for Team Tomko, jumping Christian from behind. Why the hell is Tomko not in this match, by the way? Was he, like, legit hurt? I, it's my guess. I don't know. I don't think they ever explained it. Yeah, because, like, don't get me wrong. It's better quality to have AJ in there. But it just it doesn't make sense. <sighs> anyway, Brother Ray is the next in for Team Tomko. Uh, going by war game rules here, where it's always the heel <laughs> has the, the advantage. Uh, instantly going in, uh, going in hard against Christian. Uh, then Rhino is next in for Team Cage to even the odds. You know, the old on-again, off-again best friend of Christian, Rhino. Uh, James Storm enters next. Depends order. on what week it was. Yeah, right. Uh, but James Storm enters next for Team Tomko with Miss Jackie Moore in tow. For some reason, Christian tries climbing out of the cage at some point. Kevin. No, they just said he was climbing to get away from them, not trying to get out. They try to cover that up. Yeah. Well, Kevin Nash evens up the odds for Team Cage and shocks everyone by not being injured. Yet. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Tomko wasn't. Never mind. I scratch everything I said earlier. I thought I, you meant like in the right now when you said that. Yeah, I, I'm an idiot. Never mind me. I could have told you that. I, I missed two people in this match. Holy cow. <laughs> well, to be fair, you've heard our review of the show so far, so are you really paying attention to this? <laughs> but Christian dives off the cage onto Brother Ray and James Storm for the first holy crap moment of the match. Next in for Team Tomko is Brother Devon. Matt Morgan and his stupid haircut that will never let him be taken seriously is out oh, next for Team Cage. <laughs> And he's coming in like a house on fire. Finally, Tomko is the last entrant for his team. Sting has to be in every single lockdown, so he's the final entrant for Team Cage. This brings down the roof with weapons. Well, of course he had to be. He, he, he technically invented it. Yeah. He came in at TNA. Right. Well, James Storm and Christian Cage instantly go up to the roof. A table gets set up on that roof. AJ climbs up. And both uh, climbs up and uh, both he and Christian get up on a ladder. James Storm pushes that ladder over, causing Christian and AJ to crash through the table. Scared as hell, by the way. I'm watching this. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Storm gets back in the cage and smashes a beer bottle over Matt Morgan's head right before Storm gets a gore from Rhino, turning him inside out. Rhino then pins Storm for the win for Team Cage. Go figure, Devon is wearing a crimson mask. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarters of a star. I gave it three and a half. It was a pretty damn good match. What say you? I gave it four. I thought I loved it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was good. It was entertaining. I had fun with it. So there you go. That's all you can ask from these kind of things. I like these kind of matches. We've reviewed some that kind of sucked. Uh, like was it twenty twelve? I think I want to say it was twenty twelve. It was like yeah, uh, Garrett versus Eric Bischoff. That one sucked. But we now see I don't know how anything with Garrett Bischoff and he gets sucked on. But oh, I know it's hard to think that he's been in at least two of them. Like how? But we now see a full play bro, package. Bro, A full play up package for the Kurt Angle Samoa Joe feud, and we now see Karen Angle is sitting in the front row, and Frank Trigg is on commentary. Mark Davis is presenting the TNA title for the match. Not the owner of the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> 
No, not Mark Davis with a stupid haircut. Marcus Davis wearing a kilt. <laughs> but we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way weird. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T hey, the ending. Hey, it's alright good on you yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast remember we don't spell it with a C we spell it with a K slowly mate take it easy Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back for Samoa Joe's entrance, we follow him walking through the back, and then his brothers do a fire dance on the stage as he enters. Then we follow Kurt Angle walking with security through the halls. He's wearing MMA trunks, and his ankles and wrists are taped up, uh, just like a fighter would rather than a wrestler. And this is Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. It is TNA, the TNA world title versus Samoa Joe's career inside Six Sides of Steel. And it goes 17 and a half minutes. Before the match starts, Kurt spots Karen at ringside and demands that security kick her out. Don't worry, she probably asked to see the manager on the way out. <laughs> uh, she fight she fights it, but eventually leaves. There's a lot of hold for hold and posturing going on. I haven't seen much of Pancrase, but I'm thinking this is similar to that. It's close enough. Uh, it's two of the best wrestlers in the world having a work shoot fight. So there you go. Joe ends up hitting a lariat on Kurt that drops Kurt damn near on his head. Per usual, Kurt works the left leg of Joe in the entire match. Joe keeps going back to the cross face, and Kurt reverses it into an angle slam for a near fall. Samoa Joe locks in the coquina clutch at one point, but Angle gets a rope break. Shortly after that, Joe ends up sitting Kurt on the top rope, hits a muscle buster, and lays on Kurt for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I gave it four. What say you? I gave it five. This is one of my all-time favorite TNA matches. This was really damn good. It was a cage match where uh, the cage was significant, but they weren't ba- they weren't banking each other off the cage. They weren't uh, they weren't making each other bleed. You know, it wasn't like some bloody uh, some bloody fight brawl, whatever. This is really good. Oh, it, was a, it was a great match. I, I loved it. So Marcus Davis celebrates the, or rather presents the TNA world title to Samoa Joe, who celebrates as a new TNA champion. Meanwhile, Kurt lays on the mat in pain. The opening match and the last two matches, I feel, made this show worth it. 
everything else in between was just like, eh. But that takes us to our final break. On the other end of this, we're going to get into final ratings and what's coming up ahead on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it is final rating time internet movie database gives us eight out of ten cagematch.net gives it 4.98 out of ten like really uh okay I give it a 7.5 out of 10 for a, a C, C plus, probably. Let's say you. I, too, gave it a C plus. There was enough on the show where it wasn't a crapper. Uh, the last, like I said, the last two matches, the opening match, they were all pretty good. Everything else, like the women's matches, the, or the yeah, the, the, the two women's matches, the mixed tag, and that cuffed in the cage match, whatever, and uh, the, the James versus James match. I just, eh. Whatever. It was either oh, this could have been bad. impact. Yeah, really. It's just that nobody cared, bro. That does it for not only that show, but the entire month of April. And we are, I believe, officially in spring at this point. The weather's actually nice out here consistently. I'm in a lot better mood. Toys nice getting, here. Yeah, I'm sure. And we're getting into May. Quickly running down May here. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, well, we got to hit him with the the same meme that goes around every single year with Justin Timberlake, where it says it's going to be May. I never understood <sighs> that till last year. <laughs> yeah, it's a, for anybody that doesn't know. It's it's an NSYNC song, where it sounds like he's saying May instead of me. So, ah ha ha! Yeah, if if you're like. In your thirty, like early thirties, at this point, you'd get the joke. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah, very. Do you want to get dated. the joke? 
yeah, it's it's very dated. But anyway, uh, going through May real quick here. On May 3rd, coming at you with WCW WrestleMore 1992. May 10th, we got Judgment Day 2004. Uh, this one is JBL versus Eddie Guerrero for the WWE title. May 17th is ECW's Hardcore Heaven 1999. We're trying to skip all around on this uh, in May to kind of shake things up. May 24th, we got Slamboree 1996. The bonus show, that is double main event week. The bonus show that week is the first ever SmackDown that actually aired on April 29th, 1999. Uh, that was not the beginning of like the show actually starting. It was more like a special. And Called a pilot. Yeah, that. Uh, so it was basically the, the pilot for SmackDown. And then it didn't actually launch completely until uh, August of this year. So we'll be reviewing that first ever SmackDown from uh, for the May bonus show on the uh, 26th. And then finally, closing out the month with ROH, Ring, our very first ever Ring of Honor show. It's War of the Worlds 2014. So that should be fun. It's got uh, IWGP talent, or excuse me, New Japan Pro Wrestling talent on the card. Uh, tons of titles are going to be on the line. AJ Styles defends the uh, uh, IWGP heavyweight title against Tezuchika Okada and Michael Elgin in the main event. And right before that, Adam Cole defends the ROH world title against Jushin Thunder Liger. So looking forward to that one. going to be a fun May, man. Uh, and I think it's going to be a fun summer for us. But thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, sure. It was a show. And we'll see you all next week, officially on May 3rd, with WCW Wrestle War 1992.